You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having, but you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. This is a weekly program and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is glorious episode 60. Can you believe it? Woohoo! <sighs> Indeed, woohoo. I am your host, Andy Grant. I am a transformational energy coach. I'm an author and a speaker. You can learn about past and future episodes of Real Men Feel, our private Facebook group, coaching opportunities at realmenfeel.org. Today, May 16th, 2017, the day that we are live recording this show, there is a lot of fast-flying news and chaos coming out of Washington, D.C. Uh, regarding the president, class of information, the Russians, the Israelites. Israel. Jeez. Not the Israelites. Israelis. The Israelites. Israelites. Israelis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, spies and espionage. And now t- tonight the blowing up thing is, you know, memos from former FBI director Comey. And the, the, we've talked about the show previously that the seeming pace of time is accelerating. And certainly the seeming, the pace of political chaos is certainly mm-hmm. accelerating. Mm-hmm. But um, I invite everyone to just take a nice deep breath where they are. <sighs> because we are not focusing on that tonight. Right? No. We are here for the next hour, and we invite you to join us for the next hour to focus on joy. Today's show is a little different because my normal co-host is actually our guest. Right? So please welcome... Drum roll. <laughs> Drum roll. Guide, speaker, author, and crusader of joy, Mr. Apio Hunter. Hey, hey, hey. It is, it is kind of weird to be the guest, you know, on, on your own podcast, you know? But it, it's, it's awesome. And it's so great to just, honestly, this to me, the two of us, plus Lori, plus whoever else decides to join us, is it's just such an awesome spot to be because you know this shared space is for me a really truly joyous space so what a, what a perfect subject to be to be diving into tonight cool cool yeah and the the, the program began over a year ago really as you know we didn't have guests we would yeah. talk about what was whatever was going on yeah exactly people began to ask can i be on I was like, sure. <laughs> so, Why not? Yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to making some space this summer to, to not have scheduled guests and to just have more free-flowing. Again, as, as the pace of chaos and change and, and the world does, is accelerating to, to give us more freedom. But, Indeed. But, but again, tonight is really um, Apio's opportunity to step into the spotlight and share a, a big piece of, of your work. Yeah, it's something that that you've been sharing ever since since I've known you, mm-hmm. and it's uh, called the principles of joy. Indeed, indeed. Right. And if you want to add to the chaos a little bit further, so a half hour ago, I was sitting with, you know, just to kind of give everybody a little bit of background, and we've touched on this a little bit on in past episodes of, of Real Man Feel about my connection to source energy and my my evolution from, you know, channeling the collective known as Samuel to just being me to you know sharing the principles of joy of course the principles of joy were always there they were always an aspect of and in the core of the messages that were that were coming through um and to bring everybody up to speed i guess the twitter version of of how everything went down is that i've always known of me being an empath being aware of emotional energy being connected to the emotional current but when i started to really 
dive into that further, when I started to deliberately read emotional energy as part of my work, I started to realize that my connection was far greater, far more profound than, than I even possibly gave myself permission to imagine and to explore. And when I started to let go of that fear of, of exploring it, that's when I started you know, to connect. And my stint as doing, you know, channeling the collective Samuel was really kind of me getting used to that. Um, the original idea behind that was really kind of just you no know, kind of me, a, a me hiding um, behind that mask. Uh, B, being aware that humanity loved to receive messages from uh, from source energy, if you will, sometimes in a way that was non-threatening, not necessarily direct head on. So that was the whole Samuel thing. Um, then, you know, the collective, as I like to you know, call them, or jokingly the committee, um, they were like, okay, you can stop wearing the bunny suit. You know, you can just be you. Because <laughs> essentially that's what I was doing. I was wearing a bunny suit for just so that people could feel comfortable. And they're like, no, you don't have to do that anymore. Just, just be you. Just share these, you know, share these principles of joy and then I'll tell and then I'll you know do the whole chaos thing here for next um and just do it as you because there's no need to channel it to bring it out or anything like that I'm like okay fine so as I was sitting with them about uh half hour just before the show <laughs> um they're like by the way since you're now really delving into this whole thing Principles of joy isn't quite right. It doesn't feel quite right. And if anything, it's a little bit too out there and ethereal. If you really want to help humanity and human beings just center themselves in, the, in joy, then stop using the word principles of joy, the term principles of joy, and instead refer to them as the tenets of joy. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you for that. <laughs> And thank you for that just before we're about to, to do this whole episode on the principles of joy. And I thought it was rather in an interesting choice of words because when you look at the word tenant, in fact, I, I thought I had it pulled up here. Let me pull it up here really quick. Yeah, that, when, when you first told me this, I was, first I thought you were saying tenant. I'm like, well, right. I'm, that's confusing. They, why would they, you know, is it somehow joy lives in an apartment building of source or like, <laughs> I was trying to get that going, but, and yeah, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't know what a tenant versus tenant versus a principle is. So, so what? Yeah. So, so, so what's interesting that tenant, as in a person who resides in a building, is kind of appropriate in a way because joy resides in us. Joy is hardwired into us. Joy is part of us, and that's actually the second tenant of joy. So let's, you know, uh, so the definition is any opinion, principle, doctrine, especially, or doctrine, especially when held as true by members of a profession, group, or movement. And I don't, before, I don't know if you recall, but a while back before uh, we started uh, doing Real Men Feel Together, uh, you did a, a, an Akashic Record reading for me. And what was, one of the curious things that came up during that Akashic Record reading was that I was gathering a movement of joy. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Which was really powerful, really interesting. And to, to, to have that definition out of the dictionary of tenet, T-E-N-E-T -E -E is how it's spelled, as something which is part of a movement, an idea, if you will, a belief, or I like to call them, honestly, I like to call them guidelines. I like to call them guidelines. Um, principle is a synonym of the word tenet as well. So, so there is that connection that's still there. But in, when you talk about a principle of joy, it's kind of like a law, if mm. you will. And in reality, these are more like a set of guidelines and ideas that when you live by them, they really do help you, you know, just experience joy 
and inner peace every day. Because a belief, we can choose our beliefs. Mm -hmm. So that's by, correct. By, by calling it a tenant and tenant and calling and identifying that as a belief held by a group or a movement. Uh -huh. and, and to me, that, that group matches the collective or the committee. That's source. exactly correct. Yeah. That's exactly correct. And what's really fascinating as well is that the, the, um, hold on just a second. So something was just, <laughs> it, it's usually when I'm connected, there's things that come through that can totally distract me. <laughs> so, so, so you're, you're, you're consciously tuned into to source to the committee right now. Is that right? I, I, I am, I am. And so, so what's, what's, what I'm picking up right now, what I'm, what I'm getting the impression that I'm getting is essentially joy is something that is more experienced in our human state. Joy as a concept, joy as this idea, if you will, is, is useful in a human, in our human states to kind of help us navigate this life, to help us connect and ground ourselves to the totality of who we are. But joy, once we are reunited with the totality of us, we're no longer focused on this physical experience, but just, you know, back into our non-physical state, if you will, is, um, it's something that's just, just simply there. Is it much more of a con? It just is. It's like it, it, it is exactly, okay. exactly, and and so that's why you know we quickly needed to make some minor adjustments to the principles of joy, the five tenets of joy, if you will, just before we we started recording, mostly because of the fact that it was um, you know there. Now that I understanding it and, and a little bit more clear about the whole idea of joy and so forth, that it is um, it needed to be a little bit more explained a little better, if you will. And yeah. So, so when I read the Kajak records, I I don't remember what was told to people, especially years right. later, which I think the reading you're talking about was was years ago. It was about two years ago or so, right? Okay. So were you? Were you consciously channeling? Did you have the principles of joy at that point in your mental consciousness, or not? Not consciously aware of them, but I was already sharing them, which was oh. curious. I was already sharing them without being consciously aware. That's what I was sharing. Cool. Yeah, so it, it was really, really fascinating how just all of this started, you know, unfolding and coming out, and and just going in a just in, in, in a progression and as and as i've tapped in more and more and become more and more aware of, of that connection with source energy it's it, it has just been fascinating to see the progression but also how because energy itself is so fluid and energy is always you know th that current has swirls and eddies and it can seem chaotic at time but in, in reality it's it's so beautiful to to experience and witness and so even even but for the human mind human minds tend to like things in a very sequential order they like to have things being you know progressing you know linear in a linear way but when you are more aware of not just your physical, the, the physical aspect of your existence, but the totality of your existence, the totality of who you are, that things do seem a little bit more chaotic and they can come out a little bit in a little bit more chaotic fashion as well. So, so kind of like, so if, if we were, you know, when we're not in physical form, if you're, if you're truly, you're in oneness, you're connected to, so, not connected, mm -hmm. you are source, you're, the body's not here. Yes. The, the tenet yes. of joy might just be joy. Because that's yeah. all you need. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. So, so in the, in the non-physical realms, really you have three states that are, everything is interconnected. Everything is interconnected. Even in the physical realm, everything is connected. Joy as a concept is just kind of part of all of that. It's really part of all of that. But joy as an expression is definitely much more of a human thing because it is so – because it's what kind of helps us um, – 
follow the line of progression, if you will, follow that need to have a connection of something, joy is what kind of helps to establish that connection, if you will. Is, is joy the highest level or vibration of emotions that, that a human might have? Is that why it's being called out? Well, the highest vibration of, of, of all emotions would be love. That is the highest hands down of vibration. Um, as I, you know, it's funny because love used to be a very, very big part of what I used to talk about and what I, what I have talked about as I've started to, you know, understand more the, you know, love and joy. Love is something which is even greater than joy, but greater certainly helps us to experience the connection, which allows us to experience the highest vibration of love and light and truth. Yeah. Cause when, once you're there, it may, love encompasses every emotion. So it's kind of helping us climb to that even higher state. If, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Cause I, and, I, I and, imagine it'd be really difficult if you are truly feeling joyous all the time, like just stop there and go, but I don't feel love. Like it, you know, that seems like, <laughs> that seems like hard to not kill, go there. Right? That's exactly correct. It, it's like everything is so intertwined. And when you experience one, you'll inevitably end up experiencing the other. But again, because in our human state, our human minds like to separate things and kind of compartmentalize things. It, it's sometimes necessary. Even our language is a language that compartmentalizes things in order to kind of help us make sense. So, but when, when you are able to kind of even let go of language, because language can really, really limit you and just allow yourself to just experience, everything can be experienced all simultaneously, which is crazy to even try attempt to, to explain. <laughs> well, certainly for at least for the sake of this show, we are communicating in language. That's so, exactly right. So, and I will so do my best. Yeah. So let, let, let's jump in. And, and so what's the first tenant of Beautiful. joy? So the first tenant of joy is that you are not responsible for anyone else's happiness, but your own. And the reason why this is so important to understand is because in our culture and in our society, we have continuously been, been conditioned to think that a, that, Joy is something that comes from outside of us. And I use the word happiness in this particular tenet of joy, the first tenet of joy, because it is the, it is the emotion which tends to come and go the most. Joy, which is, might as well just share the second one right now because these two tie into each other, and that joy is a part of us. It is a natural part of us. It is a regular part of us. We can't be separated from joy because it is just hardwired into who we actually are. Happiness, however, is the, the everyday expression of joy, the everyday experience of joy, if you will, on an emotional level. So our, our, our society has conditioned us to think that happiness is something to be chased that joy is a thing that can be that needs to be possessed joy simply is joy is simply there it is not a thing that needs to be sought after or possessed happiness is something certainly not something that needs to be sought after or possessed it is merely an expression of our current state right here right now it comes and it goes just as the ebb and flow of the tide but when we think of it as being something that needs to be possessed or sought after or pursued, it removes us from that daily experience of joy. So, so letting it come and go as opposed mm -hmm. to, oh, no, it went. Now I've got to go chase it. That's mm -hmm. just knowing like, knowing like the tide. Exactly. Exactly. But here's, here's where it gets really interesting. And, and this is where it ties into our interpersonal relationships. How, how, whoever's listening right now, and I'll ask this of you, Andy, how often growing up did you experience somebody essentially putting the expectation of you, perhaps not in those exact words, but you certainly ex experienced the expectation that somehow you are responsible, the way you behave, the what you do is going, you need to behave this way. You need to do these things in order for me, that other person to be happy. Sure. I mean, 
those conditions, especially for children, always meant don't make me angry. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make me make you regret this. All, all sorts of, you know, words start, start popping up. about Exactly. That. Exactly. And so from a very, very early age, we start to experience this. We start to be conditioned to think that how other people behave and what they do is a direct condition of our being able to experience happiness and joy. But that is complete and con- contradiction to the actual tenant first tenant, which is the only person for whose happiness we are responsible is our own. And when we are, take responsibility for our own joy, our own happiness, then we are also setting our, ourselves up to do our greatest good, to be selfless. Oftentimes people may say, oh, you're being selfish. And it's true, you are being selfish. What you're basically saying is that I am not, I'm saying no to you and the demands that you are placing on me because that goalpost is always going to be changing. The criteria are always going to be shifting. I'm never going to be able to make you happy based off of the criteria that you're giving me because you're always going to throw something else at me. So I'm going to say no to your conditions and I'm going to say yes to what feels best for me. I'm going to make the decisions and I'm going to do the things that feel best for me. And when you do that, you actually free yourself to make the decisions and to help other people in a way that is most joyful and feels best for you. And people who make that decision, people who oftentimes are labeled as rebels and, and, and you know, nonconformists and so forth, They've never lost sight of that particular, you know, that particular tenant, that that aspect of who they are. They've they've learned from their very early age that, uh-uh, nope, this isn't aligned with who I am. So they say no in, from the get-go <laughs> to the demands of others so that they can say yes to themselves and share the best aspects of themselves wow. with the world and being selfless, truly selfless in that in that in that way. And the notion that and again I I love mixing this up too for people that that your selfishness is really selflessness so anyone Uh any individual willing to to really take responsibility for their joy to seemingly selfishly put their joy first is actually spreading and helping more joy than if you're depleted and going oh i'm trying so hard to make you all feel joyous exactly exactly because it's never going to happen it has to come from within you first so when you make a decision, I mean, I'll, I'll use the example for myself. You know, I've, I have a, an incredibly wonderful relationship with my mom, but it's also had a history of, of a lot of toxicity and, and codependency and everything like that. But since I, once I learned to say no to her so I could say yes to me, I've put myself in a much better position to gratefully, joyfully, and happily say yes if she needs something. Because it's my decision, not because she expects it of me, but because it's a decision that I am making because I truly love her. And it's more, more ways of, of growing up and, and when your parents say, oh, you made me so proud, or you made me so happy, you made, you're making me cry tears, like all these different things that you made me feel. Mm-hmm. So it can give, give you a distorted sense of power or that you're, you're giving yourself away as opposed to, so maybe the more honest thing is, I'm feeling your pride. Like, how? What? Like, is there a proper way to experience it? What it is, it, it's it, what it is, is that you're placing conditions on yourself, and you're placing conditions on others. And by removing those conditions that you're placing on yourself and on others, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to understand that again, joy is hardwired into you. Joy is part of your daily experience, no matter what. So as it's a parent, those, I, can, I can be a joyous parent, regardless of if my children bring home straight A's or straight F's. Is that's, that a, ex, that's exactly right. correct. Yeah. That's exactly correct. Because ultimately, what we're doing is we are, if we put ourselves in that position where we can celebrate our children, no matter where they are, um, chances are likely that they're not going to bring bringing home straight Fs because, you know, oftentimes the straight Fs are actually the, the symptom of them feeling that, that straight jacket of the expectations being placed around them and the noose that's about ready to be <laughs> the hangman's noose. Yeah. It's about ready to, to choke them off. Almost a, I can't win, so why even try? Why even try? Conditions? 
That's exactly correct. And when there are no conditions, so there are no expectations except for you to make the decisions that are most, that are best for you. When your wings are, when your wings are allowed to spread, you're going to soar no matter what. So, and, and all those sensations, like that's, that's a joyous sensation. It like is. That, a tr- that, oh yeah. That freedom, that soaring, it's all, it's all feeds on itself. Really. That's exactly correct. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, and ignore the dog. I think, I think somebody's just outside the door. I don't know if you heard him whining or not. So, okay. I hear a joyous dog. I <laughs> exactly. No <laughs> oh gosh. So, cool. the sec- so the second tenant, I, I need to catch myself here. Cause you know, it's been, it's just the, the change is so abrupt. <laughs> no talk about chaos there. So the second tenant, again, I'll, I'll repeat that, that your human experience is the ultimate expression of joy that you cannot be separated from joy because because joy is a natural part of you. And so just live yourself. Be yourself. Live your life. And when you do that, you'll know joy. So uh, to, to me, this sounds like gratitude. Like this, you can always find something to be grateful for. And so joy is always there. No matter what's happening, no matter what the circumstances are, there, there is joy available to you. Yes, yes, yes. And there are even plenty of scientific studies out there that show that, you know, it's, it isn't the happy person or the joyous person who's grateful. It is the grateful person who is joyous. And if you want to ask for a chicken and egg, fine, you know, then, 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 you know, let's say the chicken is, is, um, the, the chicken is gratitude. And the egg is the joy, <laughs> if you want to use that particular metaphor. But really, there is no chicken and egg because they're all the same. Yeah, right. I'm trying to think, can I even like conceptualize that I can be ungratefully joyous or you know, unhappily grateful? When it just, they're no. inseparable. They yeah. are completely inseparable. And when you are not able to experience gratitude, and again, that goes back to those conditions that we learn, which ties into that first tenet. And that is when we place conditions on our experiences, we're cutting ourselves off. We're separating ourselves from, we're not even separating ourselves because we're never separated, but we are doling our awareness. Exactly. Funny, we both came up with the same (laughs) idea at the same time. That's exactly it. Yes. You are doling your awareness of, of what is actually already there. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, ready for the third tenant? Let's dive into the third tenant. The third tenant, the experience of joy is as natural as breathing. Allow yourself to delight in simple pleasures, and joy will show up in extraordinary ways. That, to me, is one of my favorite tenets, personally, because if you really Think about it in terms of joy being part of us and being hardwired into us. All you need is to just look at your own life, really. I sometimes in the past have used the example of, you know, watch a child. You know, the, you know they, they can go from you know, crying to laughing and giggling in the space of a half hour. Children who in in certain circumstances may you know that we would say would be absolutely horrible for instance a child in a refugee camp or a child on you know those save the children commercials or whatever um you know once the cameras stop rolling and you continue to observe them guess what they're going to be laughing they're going to be experiencing their lives. They don't, they don't know anything that's different. They're, nobody's told them that you have to feel this particular way. They simply experience joy, period. And if we look at our own lives and we're not thinking about things, we're not, you know, we're not overanalyzing you know, and we're not focusing on all the stuff which is going through our heads, we're going to find that joy is present and it's there. And it's so natural that we don't think about it. 
just as we don't think about when we're breathing, except, you know, if, you know, we're not able to breathe, then we start thinking about it. And that's what happens when you have all these expectations and all these judgments and everything else which get piled up on us. It's like having an elephant sitting on your chest. So it's almost and, like we notice the, the anomalies of the moments of not feeling joy kind of stand out in our memory because they're so different. That's exactly correct. Like, you know, I'm sure everyone's had an experience of being heartbroken at some point, but if you stop and look, yeah, but how many people, you know, the one or two, the people that broke your heart, what about all the other people that you think about that ever liked you and, and loved you and supported you? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, so, so when we're, so those moments stand out in contrast and we're very acutely aware of those moments because it's suddenly it's like, it's not there. I don't feel it. And, and it's just like the person who suffers from asthma or who is just whatever it is, when they know they can't breathe, they know it. It's the same thing with the experience of joy. When we are suddenly out of balance and we're cut off from that joy because of our focus in the moment, we acutely feel it. And then and when it, we let it go, it's there. Yeah, and it's easier to fall into the victimhood or the blame or the, oh, this is where I'll always be now or something like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And then we start off, you know, running off with our stories. And, yeah. Yeah. and then you start chasing, I've got to go find my joy again, where to go? <laughs> exactly, yeah. and, and I cannot emphasize this enough. Joy is not a thing to be sought. Joy is not a thing to be possessed. Happiness is not something to be pursued. It is simply there. It is always there. It is always a part of you. It, there's never a separation. Yeah, just like there's always the next breath, there's always plenty of oxygen for us to breathe. Uh huh. There's just there's that much joy available to us too. Exactly. Always, all the time, never switched off. Cool. There's not a no joy zone. <laughs> there's no no joy zone. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, now so we're up to the uh, the fourth fourth. Tenet. The fourth tenet of joy, every emotion you feel is an expression of the totality of your experience. This one is really meant for, to really help the human part of us understand that emotions are an acute part of the human existence and an acute part of, the, of, of, of our experience. Our emotions are very much our natural GPS system. They are what help us understand when we are making a choice that is not aligned with our, with our, us as joyful beings and they can help us experience and guide us the, the, the best direction that we possibly can. The labels that we have for our emotions, you know, the, the good emotions and the bad emotions, you know, things such as, you know, depression and anger and anxiety and, you know, there, there are scales that people have created. And I think the scales are wonderful because at least they give us a, a reference point. They give us something to, to be able to, again, in our language, give at the very least a concept and idea and, and express it in a way that kind of helps us give us a reference so we can relate to each other. But in reality, every emotion is pretty much the same emotion, just in different energetic states. So being in joy, having joy be our natural state, doesn't mean you won't also feel other emotions. That's exactly correct. And feeling another emotion doesn't mean you've lost joy no yeah exactly you haven't lost anything um again this is the human experience of emotion is very different than what i call the divine experience of, of emotion because yes emotions exist in all places and in all realms and in all dimensions it's just that they are experienced differently in the human state they're they're experienced more acutely in the human state and we we Again, we assign labels and we uh, use those emotions to, uh, to exacerbate our feelings of judgment or exacerbate the feelings of expectations, or the expectations that we have and so forth. But if we are able to, instead of resisting certain emotions and allowing, you know, and allowing others, if we just allow them to all come and go and then we let them go and let them flow. Because right. that is their natural state. Right. Then, when you let, I always find when you, when you let a so-called negative emotion be felt mm -hmm. on the other side of that, like that runs through you, and then mm -hmm. there's relief or joy 
Again. That's exactly correct. You're right back to that, that joyous life, the joyous existence. That's exactly correct. You know, and human beings do have a very fascinating tendency to want to cling to things. We love to cling, and it's like, I don't want to let go of this feeling because I'll never experience it again. And you know what? You're right. You never will experience it again in that particular way. But you will experience that emotion again in a slightly different way. There are infinite ways to experience the same emotion. It's just that it'll be different. And even in when it's, when it's a, again, a so-called negative emotion, we're ho- we, I find, I'll own this, uh-huh. I can like hoard onto things that don't feel good. Like, yeah, like, everything stinks and <laughs> oh, I'm, it's a stinky place and I'm just not going to let go of this because this is what I'm used to because this one moment has been so long. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. And they, you, know, how, you know how we as human beings love to come up with stories to tell ourselves, especially victim stories. That when we cling to those quote-unquote bad emotions, it's because it helps us to justify the victim story. Right. And you know, that's one of the reasons why certain philosophies and certain dogmas have gotten have, have such great appeal because there, there's one aspect of us, there's a human part of us that does not want to take responsibility for ourselves. And so when you're able to place it on, you know, a devil or a God, it's you no know, God's will or the devil made me do it or all these other things and so forth, you know, which is fine. I mean, if that's what you want to tell yourself, which is perfectly okay. There's absolutely no judgment whatsoever from, from the perspective of source. But it's so appealing to our human part because then we don't have to take responsibility. We can dump it off on somebody else. But of course, when we dump it off on somebody else, then it makes it a lot easier to become a victim and to cling to all that gunk. Right. All yeah. that crap that weighs us down. Victimhood has, there's the illusion that it, it's, it's easier, but it feels, it makes, it makes a, it's easier to, to, to be in that space and stay there seemingly but it yep. feels worse to do so. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and until the pain becomes so great, oftentimes you just want to stay there. You want to keep wallowing in it because, you know, it covers you up. It sticks to you. It, may, it feels like, you know, it feels like this nice comfy little skin that's all over you. And the moment that, you know, a little part of that, of that mud and that gunk gets washed off and you experience the actual experience of like that that wind blowing across your skin or whatever you know speaking from an emotional state it's like oh my god i don't want to feel that because it's so unusual that's that feels different i don't want to feel different i want to feel comfortable but that is merely us buying so fully and so wholeheartedly into this illusion of our human physical existence and all the pain that's associated with it that we just don't want to let go. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the, the, the saying is, no, pain is, is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Mm. I, I, I completely, wholeheartedly agree. Source says the same thing. In fact, the committee, they're like, yeah. <laughs> and the suffering really comes as a result of us, A, not wanting to let go, resisting and be wishing things were different, but not wanting to do anything about it. Yeah. It's such a, like, it's such an ironic contrary thing to let our minds allow that. Well, my willingness to feel whatever's showing up to feel horrible. Now lets it pass through me and allows joy to show up. That's exactly correct. Yeah. And it, that's just, you know, <laughs> until you experience enough times to trust the surrender of that, it's just like, no, that can't be. And, yeah, 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 and that's the whole thing. Surrender is a scary thing, especially for you know if you if you buy into the whole illusion of I need to control it all. Surrender is perhaps one of the most challenging things you can possibly do. In fact, I was talking to a colleague of mine from work yesterday, and you know he readily admits that you know he like he needs to be in control of all of it and so we talked a lot about about just the whole idea of detaching and not being attached to the needs to be right the needs to control but but by detaching you end up being in more control because now you're going with the flow right so you can control your own navigation in the flow as opposed to controlling 
the flow itself. That's exactly correct. So can control your boat as opposed to control with the river. Yes, yes. And I want to take this back to, to one, because we're talking about you're not responsible yeah. for anyone's happiness but your own. Yes. So what's the difference between responsibility and control? If I inserted control, like I, I, can I control my own happiness? That is a great question. I, I really love that. Let me sit with this for a moment because <laughs> I'll play her on hold music. Right. What I'm getting is no, um, you can't control your happiness, but you can allow your happiness. So yeah, control. I mean, it's definitely important. Yeah. It's too controlling. So responsibility exactly is more correct. fluid. Yeah. Responsibility Ownership. is fluid. Exactly. Control is, is ultimately the, it, again, it's a violation of that first principle. It's, 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 control is an illusion. You, you, you can't, you can, you can, here's, here's a better way of thinking of control. You can, control is, as it's defined by human beings and as it is emotionally um, interpreted by human beings is an absolute illusion. A better way to think of control, perhaps redefine control, is, is the making conscious choices based off of what feels best right now. And if you always make a choice Based, I'm going to, what feels better? What am I going to do? Is it this or this? And when you make a choice based off of what feels better right now, you are always going to be in control because you're always making the best choice for you right now. Yeah, so choice is more dynamic and conscious and control is kind of, I'm just going to flip my joy switch and it's always on the end. You can't take it away from me. Control is trying to force it. Allowing yourself to make the best feeling choice right now is literally allowing it. And so control is, is, is better associated with resistance and forcing. And making the best feeling choice is more associated with just letting, letting everything flow, allowing yourself to be in that space of joy. And allowing yourself to live the most joyous life possible. And, and that allowing is going to change from time to time. Like doing your best changes. So oh, joy yeah. is always here, but the amount of joy I feel can, can fluctuate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are so many different ways of, of being able to experience it on an emotional level. You know, joy always is. Joy is always there. But how we, how we experience the joyful life does have different ways yes it comes it comes and goes and shows up in different ways depending on where our thoughts are where our energy is is being directed um what we are focused on the the stories we're telling ourselves the illusions that we're choosing to to buy into and it really makes sense that it would would have to be some flex some flow and joy otherwise if, mm -hmm. if we're truly as a human being, you're traveling around, you're so joyous, you're, you're literally crying tears of joy in every moment of your experience. It's gonna, that's going to bring challenges in it. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. In fact, you know, we, I, I'm so reminded of, of our episode that we did on you know, the, the New Age bullshit. <laughs> You know, it's like this, this, this whole, that's another illusion. The fact that you're going to be happy all the time and joyous all the time. That is, it's like, that's another human story, another human illusion. It's like, you are going to experience the ups and downs. That is part of this. But when you allow yourself to just experience the ups and downs, because the ups and downs are also what help guide us. They help us make the most joyful choice right now so it's choosing to joyfully allow all of your emotions to show up be felt be expressed and move on yeah hell yes 
<laughs> Absolutely, yes. All right. I feel, I feel like I've been living these principles the last month solidly now. All right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm getting an A. <laughs> a plus. <laughs> the committee is just saying, no, you're getting an A plus. <laughs> they're, they're giving you massive props right now. <laughs> Cool. So then, I guess we the, we have the fifth tenant. The fifth one is what now. This one was used to be, you know, when essentially, in essence, when you love you, the world does too. But really, um, it never quite fit in, and I now I always wondered why is it sitting there, um, and it just was like, okay, well. I'll sit on it for now because I just don't know how else to express it. Now, you know, just before we started recording, uh, it just came through finally as what it was always meant to be. So the fifth tenet is that when you are joyous, the universe celebrates with you. Rejoice in who you are and joy will be a constant. And you can... If you want, you could even add on to that. Joy will be your constant companion. And, you know, this is one that I think will really help a lot of people when they learn to embrace this particular tenet, that just be joyous, be yourself. Make the, all the other four tenets tie into this one. They all lead up to this one. Because this one essentially means that when you are, allow yourself to just be joyous, not even experience joy, but to be joyous, you're going to find that everything can be a celebration. And that includes those moments of contrast you're going to find that gratitude is as natural as breathing. Joy is as natural as breathing. Everything is as natural as breathing. And things won't necessarily knock you off track or off into the woods. You, in our human state, we will always have those moments of contrast. But we can still be joyous in those moments of contrast because it's like, oh my God. I can actually know that this particular moment that is causing so much distress is also giving me infinite opportunities to make choices that are going to ultimately be the best choices for me. It's all, it's all giving you more opportunities to, for you to choose to be responsible for your own happiness and joy. Yes. Yes, exactly. There's always going to be, I mean, there are, are quite literally infinite opportunities to be responsible for your joy. Yeah. And yes, Lori, when we live in our core, we are in joy. Right. And, 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 and affirmation that I, I say to myself countless times a day, uh, I love life and life loves me. And again, yep. that's very, I'm in joy and the universe celebrates joyously with me. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, even if you have to say it through gritted teeth at times, right. it's still a truth. I'm in joy, so joyous right now. <laughs> I'm so joyous, I'll kill you all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and there have been times when I'm like, oh, I celebrate the contrast. Fuck the contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and going that way, you know, having a rant on it can be a way to celebrate it because you're now giving yourself permission to feel those other emotions. Yeah, you, know, you, you ride that energy wave, and at the again, at, again, I find every time I'm willing to go on the, I'll call it the negative ride. Right, you know, it, it ends back with joy. There's that release. There's that peace. There's the levity. exactly, exactly. It's like bring it on, bring it on. Let me feel it. And in the feeling at, it's like you you realize that you are full and complete and whole because you are feeling it. And that's the fun part about each of these tenants and how they, they intertwine and they interconnect and every single piece of it can be related to the other. And they are, there are actually others that just haven't come through yet because I needed to kind of like distill and get these down first. But there are so many 
tenets, and again, these are simply guidelines that help root you in truth. And mind you, that truth is as individual as humanity. There are truths, uh, you know, universal concepts, universal truths that, that, you know, truth with a capital T, but then there are truths with a small t, which are the infinite expressions of the truths with the capital T, the universal truths. Yeah. So are, are there any practices or habits that the collective has ever shared to, to really help human beings embody some of the tenets? For sure. Um, one of them is actually a couple of them are already embodied in the tenets themselves. You know, allow, allow your emotions to flow, embrace all of them, you know, and you will live that joyous life. It's find ways to express gratitude, find ways to celebrate whatever it is that you're going through. Because when you understand that joy is, you know, the joyous life is, is your life. It is the most natural state of being. You're, you can find ways of saying, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing this and I'm grateful for this because it is allowing me to feel and express joy in ways I never thought I could have expressed before. And, and, well, and we, so we talked about um, self, selfless, selfless selfishness. Yes. Right? So be, putting yes. yourself first, doing things that bring you joy. Uh huh. Feed all the tenants. Say no to others so you can say yes to you. So you can then say yes to others because you're saying, because you're doing so from a state, a place of joy. Right. The, the fullest version of you can, can do more, can be of more service than uh -huh. a, a depleted, resentful, yeah. little bastard version of us. <laughs> exactly. Because you know you're doing it because you're, because you're making yourself happy. And it's not an expectation that's being placed on you. And, and so there's that. There is another, another thing which, you know, the collective has said that's really important to, take in, to keep in mind that, that everything is, it's the simple things that allow us to experience joy, to live joyously and to live joyfully. So to give an example, Something that's very practical that we can do. Something is to, you know, if you want to tell your emotions to take a hike, take your body for a hike. Um, you want to tell somebody else to take a hike, take the hike yourself. You know, <laughs> quite literally, take a hike. You know, go out for that walk. Um, the thing about the thing about our 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 bodies and our brains is that they evolved to a point where you know our brains basically grew and evolved and so forth while we were running from you know from either toward our next meal or away from something that's trying to make us its meal and so because you know that our our brains are wired in a way to think more clearly when we are exercising or we're constantly in movement, do that. And you don't necessarily have to quiet your brain. I mean, there's so many different forms of meditation. Meditation is beautiful and wonderful, but you don't necessarily have to force your brain into a state of being quiet. You can actually follow your thoughts. You can actually follow. There, a good example of, of a non-traditional meditation would be to engage in something that you truly love to do, such as painting or cooking or writing or um, playing a video game. Okay. That one seems like really off, but as as crazy as it sounds, when you're in and when you're doing that and you're joyfully experiencing that video game, that is a form of meditation. So it's, it's the question in the back of my mind that video games reminded me of is: can can we go too far with our perceived version of joy? And I'm thinking of if I think I'm joyous when I'm drunk, if mm. I think I'm joyous. And I've been playing video games for 24 hours straight. Uh, you know, it can, yes. can it fall into an addictive yes, disillusionment yes. of joy. Or 
Absolutely, yes. Because the reason the reason I addictions exist is because we're actually using those activities to distract us from something else that's a little bit more painful. And so those those activities which may appear to be joyful in reality are distractions. So ask yourself that question. Am I doing this as a distraction or am I doing this because I truly enjoy doing it and I don't need to distract myself from something else? And that's just a question that, again, we can't ask someone else. It's not like invite someone's judgment about that. It's an honest, self-reflective. It is an question. honest, self-reflective question, yes. And so, I mean, for instance, am I going on this walk because I just want to escape what's at home and I don't want to be there? Or am I going on this because I just want to be reflective? Am I... You know, am I going out to, you know, to happy hour and coming home rip roaring drunk because there's, it's just, it's just an environment that I don't want to be at or am I getting, or am I just, and here's the thing, addictions are really symptoms of the painful stories of the, of trying to avoid the responsibility of believing that things are outside of ourselves and that there's something to be obtained, that there is something that needs to be there and present that's from outside of ourselves that in reality has never been missing. So, so those are really, those are really just symptoms. Right. And I guess that would make, so, cause one of the tenets is allowing every emotion, mm -hmm. but if I'm so like, no, it's my right to be joy. I'm going to choose joy and I'm going to ignore these other feelings mm -hmm. by using drugs, alcohol, using some sort of distraction to, to a level of addiction, to a level mm -hmm. that it's interfering with my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm calling it, no, I'm taking care of myself because I like this. That's lying to myself. That's your, you are lying to yourself. That's exactly correct. You're using that as an excuse and you're not allowing all of the emotions to flow through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you're basically out of balance. Yeah. Okay. Because I can certainly remember playing times in, in my life when I one times I was drinking a lot and everyone seemed to be happy and fun and this is the thing to do and I'd be drunk or getting drunk like I don't even like this why why am I doing this I'm like <laughs> I'm already unhappy and, and, right and the way this evening's going yeah <laughs> and it, it's funny because even though I've never been drunk in my life I mean I do remember one particular New Year's Eve when I had a, two glasses of champagne and I was definitely feeling a little bit more um, tipsy than normal but I've never been actually drunk before because I just have never liked alcohol. Um, but I've had my other addictions. I've had other addictions that I really engaged in to, to distract myself. And when I realized like, I don't really enjoy this. So yeah. And that's when I realized I was resisting. I was resisting something. And so. I think something that would help that is to, to, to make a conscious new choice of joy as opposed to, well, for years, this has brought me joy, right? That's something that is, uh, you know, a false habit um, can show up as an addiction, right? It, Correct. Maybe it did bring you video games, uh, cocaine, whatever yeah, it might be, yeah. might have been joys at some point. And then it is. That's exactly correct. Oftentimes it can start off and here's, and here's where, you know, it helps to be aware and helps to be very much in tune with, with how you are feeling and always asking yourself that question. Am I doing this because I'm trying to escape or am I doing this because it really feels good? And there are things which start off as a truly genuine, I'm feeling good. I'm really enjoying this. And, but then it become then, you know, when it starts to, when you start going to it, much more frequently because it's like, well, I don't want to deal with this over here. That's when, if you are aware enough, that's when you can basically take a break from it and set it aside and not use it as your distraction or your diversion. Yeah. Cause I, in, in my experience, new experiences bring higher levels of joy than if I'm doing it for the umpteenth time. Correct. So that's another way to help people really discern, am I distracting myself or am I really enjoying what I'm doing? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, huh. I hope people have had joyful insights uh, as part of this discussion, but I'm also <laughs> glad to recognize that we are not responsible for anybody else's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. You're only responsible for your own. 
yeah. and that, that can be a scary thing too you know, taking responsibility for yourself can be a scary thing and that you know i want to acknowledge that and but it's not it, it, i can tell you truthfully that it's not that scary responsive taking responsibility for your for your expressions of happiness and for living your joyful life is actually the most liberating thing you could possibly do yeah. it is not a burden it is it is an extension of joy yeah there's a freedom in that that again isn't it because it, it can feel safer, the the illusion of victimhood, and like, oh, I, I've I've surrendered, you know, because all these words can be thrown together and misunderstood. And but if uh -huh. I surrender to life, means I lay down and do nothing. <laughs> but taking responsibility means, you know, it, there's a freedom, there's a gift, there's liberation because, you know, if if I'm the only one that can change my life, that can have me feel better, that's true freedom. Yes. Yeah. I'm not waiting yes. for someone else to change their mind, change their opinion of me, their judgment mm -hmm. of me. Yeah. Because that's and, what a lot of people fail to understand is that as we are resenting others putting their expectations on us, we're oftentimes doing the exact same thing. We're putting our expectations on them. And when we liberate ourselves from all of that, not only the expectations that of, of others that, you know, saying no to others, but saying no to our expectations of others true freedom ensues so i'm so glad that you said you said that yeah because that's an important maybe it's a tenant 1b or something but yeah you know if, if we are all responsible for us it means allowing everyone else to be responsible for themselves yes yeah. yes absolutely and I, I i will tell what's kind of funny something just came through to me that just this is my thought not something from the collective but this is my own thought and that is Part of me wonders how, you know, it, part of me was like this, this whole thing was very, very chaotic for me in my, in my own brain. And I'm hoping that I was all communicated clearly <laughs> because I had just been processing so much that, yeah, I hope it's all been communicated well. Yeah. I mean, your joy comes across in sharing this information. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think, uh, language wise energetically no it, uh -huh. it, i think it's all there for sure and again and if, if we both feel it that's all that matters that's right <laughs> that's exactly correct you know and honestly that that joyous feeling and that joyful experience is going to be fully imprinted on this so whoever is listening no matter when it is that's a fun thing about time being an illusion as well <laughs> so they're going to feel it as well they're going to feel their energy so yes so it's interesting, earlier this month, one of the episodes where we talked about fear, right? and they're like, it's real men fear. Well, uh, real men feel joy, too. Absolutely, yes. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, uh, we've been having our joyous conversation for over an hour now, so I think yeah. we, uh, we'll wrap it up. And I'd like to thank our honored guest this week. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, my friend. I, you know... When our paths crossed that first time back in 2013, there in Boston, I, I just knew that there was something very special and I had no idea what would come out of it. And I cannot, when you talk about gratitude, I cannot find adequate words to express the gratitude that I have for you for being such a joyous and joyful part of my life. So thank you. It is my pleasure, and the feeling is mutual and shared, and our shared responsibility of our own choices. I'm trying to wrap this all up some way and, and flopping joyously. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the fun part. So what, what's the best way for people to, to connect with you, to, to learn about working with you, to learn more about the principles, to do anything? Well, sure, the absolutely. The tenants, right, exactly. It's, <laughs> we'll just no, throw that, that chaos out there. So, so that would be the best way would be to, be, to connect with me would be through either my website or on Facebook book either one um so you know my website is apiohunter.com um on facebook i can be found through apio hunter the emotion emancipator that is my page i also have the principles of joy page which is about to be updated 
<laughs> I think I might be calling it the aspects of joy because the aspects of joy is like the blog associated with the tenets of joy, right? Um, so, so you know, those are the best ways. And yes, I'm on Twitter and other social media, but usually I just tweet when something gets published or <laughs> things like that, or you know, I'm sharing you know a, a link from the show. Um, but yeah, that's that's honestly the ways, and you know, eventually there is going to be. I will have more of a, a presence. I have been taking a break, a deliberate break from social media, but I will have more of a presence moving forward. It's just because it, it's that time. Awesome. Well, yeah. uh, so thanks again to everyone that joined us live. Thanks again, anyone listening, whenever, whatever joyous time <laughs> comes to you to find this program. <laughs> Uh, Real Men Fear will be live again next Tuesday, May 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be joined by author and co-host of Divine Union TV and psychological theorist Vito Mucci. Uh, he's going to join us to just discuss finding hope as he shares lessons he learned from spending eight years at rock bottom. Wow. And I, you know, I think most people have had some experience of their own personal rock bottom, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, thank God I, you know, Eight straight years? No, that that was not my experience. Uh -huh, exactly. So I, I'm really. I think this is going to be such a fascinating conversation. I'm yeah, looking okay. forward so we, to it. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting batch of shows for from fear to joy to, to hope is next and uh, all, all good, <laughs> and, right? and then we have a, we have a great surprise to end the month. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll leave yeah. that as a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, since we're losing them, we'll let everyone know that May is Masturbation Month. So. Exactly. It's the National Masturbation Month. So we will end on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So thanks again for joining us, everyone. Thanks again, Apio, for, for sharing your wisdom, your collective, your joy. Um, Visit realmenfield.org. Check out the blog. We'll have the, the, the tenants um, spelled out clearly. If you, if you kind of feel a little bit lost in just listening to them, that's mm -hmm. cool. Check us out on Facebook. Send us feedback. And we'll talk to you all again soon. Fantastic. We'll see you all later. All right, be well, everybody. Thank you for listening to Real Men Field. Until next time, visit realmenfield.org, join the Real Men Field group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.